0: Assalamu alaikum and Ramadan Mubarak. You are listening to the Women's Mosque of America's Historic Muslima podcast this Ramadan. To watch the full videos on each Historic Muslima by our modern-day shiros, Khatibas, and muadhanes, please visit our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter channels at Women's Mosque, and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so that you can get updates on both our upcoming women-led and co-ed events. Now, here is today's Ramadan Historic Muslima of the day. Enjoy.
1: Assalamu alaikum and Ramadan Mubarak to everyone. My name is Hiba Khan, and I'm an editor by profession, but more importantly here, I'm honored to be a khatiba at the Women's Mosque of America. So the woman uh, from Islamic history I'd like to showcase today is Halima. She was an Arab Bedouin woman who in the Sierra literature is known as the Prophet uh, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his foster mother. She nursed and took care of the prophet for the first two years of his life. Um, And at the time in Arabia, it was a practice among Arab families that lived in towns to send their children, uh, particularly their sons, after birth to the desert to be nursed by women of the Bedouin tribes. So it was thought that it would be beneficial for an infant uh, to spend his or her early years in the fresh openness and quiet of the desert and to be away from the bustle and the noise of the towns. And so Halima came from such a tribe with a good reputation for nursing and caring for children. Uh, She was one of the women of this tribe who um, periodically traveled to Mecca to receive children from uh, Arab families to care for them. That particular year had been a very difficult year for Halima and her family, and there had been a drought in the desert, and she had recently given birth to a son. Um, And her family had little wealth or resources, and so it goes that she barely had enough breast milk to give her own son, and she was often kept awake all night by her own son's cries of hunger. Um, And yet, she and her husband traveled to Mecca to find a child to nurse because they hoped, uh, like many of these other tribal women, that in finding a child, they would be able to develop a uh, transactional relationship with the child's family. Um, It wasn't the custom to accept payment for nursing, but it was expected that the relationship between a nursing tribal woman and this child's family um, would help the woman in other resourceful, indirect ways. And so Halima arrived in Mecca that year, um, and she was looking for a child. And that same year, the prophet's mother Amina was offering the prophet one by one to many of the tribal women who were there to take children, Um, but they all refused him because none of them wanted to take an orphan, um, which meant at the time a boy without a father. Um, They thought that taking a child without a father would be the least lucrative arrangement. So no one took the prophet, not even Halima at first, actually. But then as she was about to leave Mecca without having taken any child, she turned to her husband and she said, I'm going to go back and take that orphan. So she went back and she took the prophet and she carried him back to where they were uh, staying, where their encampment was. And she found that as soon as she placed him on her bosom to nurse her breasts began to overflow with milk. And it was such an abundant quantity of milk that it completely satiated the infant prophet. And she found that afterward she had even enough milk to satiate completely her own son. And on top of that, the she camel on which they had ridden to Makkah also became full and began to overflow with milk, so that Halima herself and her husband had enough milk to drink, and they all were completely satiated, and they had a very good night, and they slept a very good night. And it was such an incredible event that in the morning when they woke up, her husband turned to Halima and he said, you have taken a blessed creature, subhanAllah. So this Ramadan, I've been thinking about Halima's story because I've been thinking a lot about the kind of work that women do, their physical labor and their emotional labor. Our Ramadan this year has been very unique. It's coming to us at a time when we're emerging from a last year that was so very difficult for so many. Um, a year in which so many people experience loss, isolation, exhaustion, anxiety, and, and much more. Um, and it's a year in which I've been thinking about what, who were the people on whom we depended the most this past year. And it's largely been people who cared for us and who worked in jobs in which care was performed. So it's been the people who were the frontline healthcare workers in hospitals, the care workers in nursing homes... Uh, the babysitters who allowed us to go to work, the food suppliers, um, and perhaps most of all, our own family members who cared for us, who made us food in our homes, um, who taught us things. All of these people formed the backbones of our collective functioning over the past year. Yet these people, um, and they're often women, their work is undervalued and overlooked. And so the last year was a time in which we faced a drought, and we faced fragility, and it's important for us to recognize the people who provided us with oases in our desert. And I've also been thinking about the work of Alima on a more personal note, as a caregiver myself at this particular moment, I found myself searching for time this Ramadan to do more to read more Qur'an, to perform more prayers, to listen to talks, to visit the masjid, and so on, every day I find myself getting frustrated as time passes that I'm falling short of the goals that I'm setting. But reflecting on Halima's story reminds me that gains in faith are often made in the most imperfect of circumstances. And sometimes it's the most mundane of acts like nursing a child or juggling work and online schooling or things like that. These can can prove to be our greatest worship and it's in these mundane of acts that we can often find marvelous outcomes. So as we may feel like our circumstances lately have been constraining us, we can come to think maybe that these very circumstances can reveal gateways to blessings. And so this Ramadan, as we strive forward, I'm reminding myself that we should also find quietude in remembering that we are where we need to be. Alhamdulillah. So thank you so much, and may Allah accept from us this Ramadan and bless you and your
0: loved ones always. Amin and salaam alaikum. Thank you for listening to the Women's Mosque of America's historic Muslim Ramadan series. If you enjoyed listening to today's podcast, please consider making a contribution at womensmosque.com slash donate this Ramadan so that the Women's Mosque of America can expand our team, mission, and vision to spark a women-led Islamic Renaissance. Help the Women's Mosque of America lay the groundwork for the next phase of our mosque and movement to uplift the entire Muslim community by empowering Muslim women and girls. Again, please visit com slash donate today. Thank you and may Allah bless you all. Amin.